himself before he had a chance to break this terrible curse that seemed to hold him in its grasp. There is something building in the east, Hanjo said in his earphones. Nataka glanced left, beyond the gray-green wing, where a squall line was beginning to form. There were always squalls in these strange seas, and sometimes they were intense. They didn't usually form this early in the day, however. Lieutenant Usa has already seen it, he replied, watching Usa's plane bank left, away from the distant coast they'd been approaching so brazenly. Type 99s were slow and fat, easy prey for any good fighter, even if they were surprisingly agile. Regardless, Nataka wasn't concerned. There were no good enemy fighters in the area. As far as he knew, there were no enemy fighters left at all. Without hesitation, Nataka turned his plane to follow his lieutenants. Maybe a big tanker or some poor lonely freighter is trying to hide in that squall, Anjo speculated predatorily. Nataka nodded. It was certainly possible. The frequent squalls were the only protection left for those desperate ships fleeing Java. I just hope if there is, Lieutenant Usa won't report it, Anjo continued. Those greedy Bacano and Second Fleet will want us to lead them to it so they can blast it with their battleships, even if it's a rowboat. Nataka nodded again. There'd been a lot of that. Slowly, he eased his plane closer to Usa's, and they approached the squall together. Was it just his imagination, or did the rain already seem closer than it should? They were flying 350 kilometers per hour, but either the thing was growing much more quickly than any squall he'd seen, or it was moving toward them in an unprecedented fashion. It was also growing darker, and wasn't the usual purple-gray that one usually observed, but rather greenish and livid with dull pulses of lightning. Strange. Nataka! came Usa's clipped, terse voice in his ears. A ship, two o'clock, low. Nataka suppressed an exasperated sigh. Of course it was low if it was a ship. He strained to see over the black-painted cowling of his engine. Yes, all alone on the brilliant purple sea, a lone freighter plodded helplessly along. She looked old, medium size, with a single stack, streaming gray smoke. Perhaps she'd seen them because she was clearly making for the growing squall. We will attack together, Usa said over the radio. It seems to be the easiest way, he added almost apologetically, it seemed. Nataka's face heated, but he made no reply. I will approach her port bow, Usa continued. You will attack from the port quarter, Whichever direction she turns, one of us should have her entire length for his bomb to fall upon. It will be done, Nataka said and banked left again, directly toward the squall. Beloved ancestors, he muttered, and immediately wondered if anyone heard. If they had, they probably thought he was calling his ancestors to aid him in the attack. But what prompted his words was the squall itself. The thing was monstrous. Not only had it swiftly grown to encompass the visible horizon, 
but it was practically opaque. Not like a squall at all, but like a huge wall of water. He shook himself and glanced at his altimeter. Soon he would begin his dive. The altimeter had gone insane. The needle spun erratically with wild fluctuations. Not only that, but his compass was distressed as well. As he banked back right to the north, his compass told him he was flying east. Even as he veered around behind the still tiny ship below, his compass steadfastly insisted that west was north. Honjo, I... Yes? What is it? Nothing. Usa has circled around while we positioned ourselves. He is beginning his dive. Good luck, Nataka. Let us sink this bastard quickly and get away from that wrongful storm. So, Honjo was nervous too. Nataka couldn't count on any of his instruments now.